Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and flip. The latest NFL news and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is December 5th. Yes, December. Not quite the final month. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Yes, was there still football going into January? My name's Michael Nesrek, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my very good friend and very experienced fantasy writer and advisor, <laughs> Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Maybe a little bit of technical difficulties here. I'm trying to unmute him. Boy. Okay. We're just going to continue the show here while I try and get Chris up to speed. Let's get right to the news and notes of the day. And we're going to start off with Trevor Lawrence. Unfortunately, he uh, suffered a higher ankle, uh, right ankle sprain uh, on uh, Monday night. He is out uh, probably for at least a couple of weeks, although the Jaguars are not ruling him out for this week. We shall see if he can uh, come back and play. Uh, Chris, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me now? (laughs) Yes, I can hear you now. (laughs) Uh, I unmuted you before, but apparently the connection wasn't good enough. (laughs) So that's right. So what is your opinion of, uh, of, of the injury to Trevor Lawrence and how that affects the Jaguars and fantasy moving forward? Yeah, this is going to be very interesting because, uh, I mean, the Jaguars, for all of Trevor Lawrence's skill, he's been very matchup dependent this year, and he's had some good matchups the last few weeks, and he's had his three best fantasy games of the year the last three weeks, predominantly due to scoring rushing touchdowns each of those three weeks. But uh, he's got really two, two of the toughest matchups in the league. Shy of playing the 49ers, but the toughest matchups you can ask for a quarterback are the Ravens and the Browns, the second and third ranked pass defense for fantasy. So that's going to be really tough for them to go in there with, with Beathard and have their guys retain their value. They lost Christian Kirk as well for at least a week or two. So, that, I mean, they're, they're really going to be struggling in the passing game, I think. I think all the passing game targets, with the exception of Evan Ingram, really take a big hit uh, going forward for the next, I would say, couple weeks at least for, for the Jaguars. Travis Etienne is probably going to get a crap ton of work right now because uh, the Ravens and the Browns, especially the next two weeks, they're they're – two of the very best pass defenses. They're still pretty good against the run, but they're much more beatable by the run than they are against the pass. So ETN's going to get a lot of work. Evan Ingram certainly saw a lot of dump-offs from C.J. Beathard. He, caught, he had four of his ten targets 
in the limited time he played the other night. So I think that's indicative that, that as most backup quarterbacks are, they're going to use that tight end a lot. So I think Ingram retains value, ETN's value goes up, and all the other receivers really take a hit in summary. Yeah, uh, Christian Kirk with that uh, groin injury, it looks like he needs surgery, so that's at least a couple of weeks. Uh, they might decide him to put him on IR. I'm not sure about that. But like you said, uh, Ridley's uh, stock drops like a rock. What's interesting is I just saw on Twitter that the line going into the game uh, this week in Cleveland, Jacksonville at Cleveland, was uh, Jacksonville by three with a healthy Trevor Lawrence. And now with Beathard, it's the Browns by three. So it's a six-point swing right there. Uh, so uh, obviously the Cleveland fans are happy about this development for fantasy. It sucks all the way around the board, like you said, except maybe possibly for Ingram and Etienne there. Uh, he wasn't the only one to get hurt and such uh, for this past week. That's some major stories, all the injuries here. Kenneth Walker was already out for Seattle with an oblique injury, and then uh, Zach Charbonnet uh, suffered a knee injury. Haven't heard much about that. He could sit this week. Uh, fantasy thoughts on that, DJ Dallas. Uh, what, what, what's a fantasy uh, player to, uh, to do if they own either Walker and or Charbonnet? Uh, pray. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't really <laughs> care for for any option. I mean, this week's really tough because you're going. You're playing the 49ers anyway. So even a even a healthy Walker or a healthy Charbonnet would be would be a tough play this week. We'll talk more about them later. I'm sure in our clicks and more importantly our flicks. Uh, I, what this probably does, this is going to make this a very one-dimensional, pass-centric team. I think Geno Smith and their two good receivers are going to be very good for fantasy because their volume should increase. But, again, this week being one-dimensional against a pretty hot 49ers team maybe doesn't bode so well. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago uh, the uh, San Francisco defense had a good game against uh, Seattle. And, of course, Seattle's coming off that big game in Dallas. But, uh, without Charbonnet uh, against uh, 49ers, it's going to be limited to them this week. Uh, over New England, another uh, fairly stud running back, Ramondre Stevenson, who had been coming on. Uh, he suffered an ankle injury. He sat on Tuesday. It looks like he's out a few weeks. Uh, what's the fantasy impact there for uh, the Patriots? Uh, Zeke Elliott? Well, yeah, it's going to obviously be Zeke. Um, I mean, he doesn't possess the explosive upside and at this point in his career, the pass-catching uh, volume upside that Ramondre Stevenson had. Stevenson, like you said, had been coming on quite a bit. I think he was definitely into the, especially in PPR, uh, every week starter range uh, because of that. And he had a very favorable schedule for the next few weeks going into your fantasy playoffs. So this is going to be a big blow. For, a, for an offense that really it was already really devoid of, of, of talent and explos- explosiveness, um, to, to be having to go to a 30-something Zeke Elliott uh, instead of Ramondre Stevenson, again, and only Zeke Elliott, really, instead of a, a timeshare, this really puts the, the kibosh on any hopes you might have had for any fantasy value for any Patriots, I think. I think this really makes them very one-dimensional and very predictable going forward, um, which is not good, especially when you're struggling. Yeah, they got uh, uh, Ty Montgomery there, probably uh, see a few snaps and uh, maybe some targets out of the backfield. But like you said, it's going to be Zeke heavy. Uh, and I guess Bailey Zappi is probably going to start again for them. Uh, the question is, are they even going to score any points this week? Uh, if you had the Chargers defense, uh, you uh, rolled a seven there. <laughs> big points last week. Uh, moving on over to Houston, uh, the, the big injury of the week really was Tank Dell. I don't know why he was uh, being used as a lead blocker on a snake at the goal, but uh, the result was basically a broken ankle fibula a loss for the season uh fantasy impact there chris uh, you got noah brown you got uh, robert woods and of course nico collins uh anyone else um what, what what's the th- thoughts there 
Yeah, and we'll, again, we'll, we'll hit up on some of these, these Texans later on as well. The, the interesting thing is, I think, the, the tight end. Uh, Dalton Schultz had been kind of a favorite target, especially in PPR. Brevin Jordan had a decent game last week and subbing in for Dalton Schultz. They're going to collect a lot more snaps than they and, and targets than they would have before. Nico Collins obviously went through the roof when he was the, the primary target, even with a, a very good alpha male, uh, alpha dog cornerback uh, on, on him this last week. So I, I think it might even make Nico matchup proof now going forward for the foreseeable future. Robert Woods will get some more snaps. Noah Brown obviously stepped in when uh, when Nico or Tank was injured a few weeks back and was was magnificent. So I would imagine he's going to be the one that's going to be the, the one that gets the bulk of the targets. But I wouldn't forget about Robert Woods in PPR formats because he's going to get a lot of that underneath stuff um, that the tight ends will also get. So uh, the, the one thing that really this might do is that it might just limit their offense a little bit. And right now, if you look at it, you know, we, I, we talk about the, the, the injury to Trevor Lawrence. They're eight and four right now. The, the Texans have been riding high. They're seven and five. The Colts are on a winning streak. They're seven and five. There's a one game differential for all three of those teams. I think what this does, that, that Lawrence injury opens up that whole AFC South for any one of those three teams to win and host a playoff game. And this, this is going to make it harder for, for the Texans to do that without one, arguably their most explosive offensive player, much like the Colts are also missing Jonathan Taylor and now the, the Jags missing Trevor Lawrence. So it's going to be a war of attrition to see which one of those teams is going to get to host the playoff game this, this year. Yeah, it, it, it does open up everything for that division. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had also been playing so much better, producing uh, for his fantasy, although it was a little bit late for his fantasy. I was like myself in one league. <laughs> that team's already put to bed. But, uh, but yeah, they're they're really going to miss him there. And, uh, but by the way, on, on Monday night, uh, Jake Browning, wow, what a revelation there. He looked really good. What was it, 32 or 37? Uh, almost, uh, what was it, 350 uh, and, and, and a touchdown. And then run, and he ran for one, too, said, uh, at the goal, that's that's quite the game there. So, uh, people, if you need a, a quarterback uh, emergency, maybe you've got somebody like Derek Carr that just got beat up. Uh, jump on Jake Browning. Uh, you could do a lot worse there than than him, especially the way he played there. A lot of backup quarterbacks go through their entire career, like Chase Daniel, don't even have a game like that. So uh, he was really excited after the game. I'm happy for him. It's going to be interesting to see. Jamar Chase uh, now becomes a fantasy force once again uh, for people that own him, and everyone's happy about that. Let's get right to the uh, injury uh, list here. Like uh, the aforementioned Derek Carr with a concussion and rib, it's going to be very tough for him to play this week. Probably you'll see Jameis Winston, so uh, don't count on car playing like i said kenny pickett's out uh miss he's expected to miss two to four weeks uh had surgery on his ankle uh mitch trubinsky oh boy uh yeah it's that bad uh it's going to be uh the guy there and look for a lot of jalen warren and and Najee harrison harris popped up on the injury report uh so uh you know we'll we'll see if he can uh, make the game on thursday night uh moving on over to running back derrick henry uh at first they thought it was concussion Uh, they checked him out no concussion so he's expected to play on monday night in the big game against the dolphins uh by the way there's two games on monday night people uh yeah the the nfl playing it that way they're both started at the same time tennessee and miami and green bay and the giants so uh set your lineups accordingly there uh we said jonathan taylor out uh Three to five weeks now, it's two to four. So we'll see, uh, you know, if he can make it back a little bit sooner. But uh, don't expect him back this week. Aaron Jones with the knee, I doubt that he'll play this week. It looks like uh, more of a serious injury there. Might miss another two or three weeks. We'll see. Uh, Justin Jefferson owners can re- rejoice. He's already been activated off the IR with a hamstring. He's ready to play and will uh, start this week. So plug and play in your lineup there. Puka Nakua. 
at first they said shoulder, then the rib. Now it's back to shoulder, but he's expected to play. So as long as he can get through this week's of practice, uh, looks like he's good there. Uh, he's an auto start. Uh, we already mentioned Christian Kirk uh, out for probably several weeks with that groin. Uh, needs surgery on the core, so you can uh, sit him. Christian Watson, uh, boy, uh, he can't stay healthy with that hamstring. He thought it's just when he was starting to get back in the groove, scoring touchdowns, uh, he uh, he injured it again. So I wouldn't expect him to play this week, or we'll see if he can practice at all later in the week. I wouldn't count on it. Amari Cooper with that concussion, uh, probably day-to-day, so we'll see if he can practice and play. Probably not. Most most guys can't make it through, although Chris Olave did make it through the concussion protocol and play last week. Demario Douglas still in concussion protocol for the for the Patriots. Uh, he sat uh, uh, today in practice, so I would not expect to see him on Thursday. That's going to be Devonta Parker there from Z- uh, Bailey Zappi. And, of course, uh, tight end, a couple of big names here. Dallas Godert, of course, of the forum. He expects to play this week. We'll see. Uh, we'll talk more about that in the picks to click and flick section. And uh, Dalton Schultz with that hamstring, uh, we'll see. They need him back uh, with uh, Tank Dell out, and we'll see if he can practice. And Tyler Higby with a head-neck injury, uh, his, he's uncertain. We'll see if he can practice this week and play. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience, including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good stuff there, including our flagship feature, NFL Quick Bits. Uh, all the news as it breaks uh, every day uh, as it breaks. All the injury information has gone premium, and that leads me to our late-season sale for our newsletter. A drop to $9.95. That's 75% off. Uh, uh, golly, it's not even the price of a medium pizza. You can try us out for the rest of the season. What, what, 14, 15, 16, 17? Five more newsletters here. Uh, it's basically two bucks a newsletter. Uh, it includes, of course, expanded picks to click and flick, a market feature uh, uh, where I uh, actually ranked uh, 100 uh, players in, uh, over all the positions today, including five uh, defensive special teams uh, that you want to consider this week starting. Uh, rankings on Wednesday, uh, with including flex, uh, and, of course, we update our injury report uh, throughout the week, and, of course, we update our rankings and such on Saturday. Uh, on the free site, you can see plenty of eye and sky scanner reports covering the NFL teams, including those on the Colts from Chris Rito. Once again, the weekly in-season newsletters, late season sale, nine ninety five. Please follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. All right, let's get to our... Picks to click and flick for this week. These are guys you want to consider sitting or starting, depending on their situation. Give me a couple quarterbacks you like this week, uh, Chris, and why. 
Well, I mean, Justin Fields, there's everything you like about this matchup. The Bears and Fields' thumb are well-rested um, after he came back from injury. They're facing a Lions team that has just struggled on defense recently, and they expended a lot of energy in their last two games. Plus, Fields just simply owns the Lions, especially on the ground, where he topped 100 yards rushing in three straight games versus Detroit. He's actually averaging about 130 yards in those three games rushing. Um, and he had 18 almost mostly designed runs when they met a few weeks ago, fresh off his, his injury stint. Fields had a floor game in his last start with in Week 12 against Minnesota. With only 217 yards and no touchdowns, and he still scored 17 fantasy points. So his low end is still very usable with a very high ceiling. And then a little bit of a sleeper play this week that you probably aren't going to need in a low bye week like this. But I like Joe Flacco uh, again. Um, he could be a nice DFS drop-in for a low cost. I mean, he came fresh off the couch, and he looked pretty good last week, leading a surprisingly pass-heavy attack with 254 and, and a couple of scores against a Ram team that's held quarterbacks under their average for the last four or five games. So the receivers in Cleveland just raved all week about how he was throwing the ball, and he was playing without his best option for much of the game with the Mari Cooper uh, dinged. Uh, the Jags, on the other hand, that they're playing are the, one of the most generous teams, the fantasy quarterback, despite playing one of the weakest quarterbacks lineups of anyone. Um, they've allowed over 300 yards to two guys in their first year starting in the last couple of weeks, including, like you mentioned, a backup on Monday Night Football multiple TDs in four straight games. This short week won't help either after a hard game. So I'd like Flacco to be a, a surprisingly effective fantasy quarterback this week. Okay. Uh, a couple guys I like this week. Russell Wilson with Denver. Uh, of course, they had the big, big, I think, winning streak snap last week. But uh, guess what? They get the Chargers, uh, which their secondary is toast. So Russell Wilson should be good for a couple of scores this week. So if you need them, start them. And, of course, Gardner Minshew over there in Indy. Uh, I think he's going to produce well against the Bengals this week. Uh, you know, he's going to do his thing. Uh, uh, the, boy, uh, he looked good throwing that pass to Pittman there in overtime. Uh, you know, when it, when, when it comes down to it, uh, he's a gamer. And uh, I I like him this week as a streamer play. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week. Well, uh, C.J. Stroud not only loses Tank Dell, but he gets the tough Jets. So I don't think the the Texans' offense is going to be shut down completely. But I wouldn't expect a 350 and two or three score game from Mr. Stroud today. So be careful there. Uh, Geno Smith, uh, boy. Uh, two weeks ago, the 49ers struggled, uh, and then he goes blows up against uh, Dallas. In Dallas, well, he's back against the San Francisco 49ers this week. Doesn't look like he's going to have Walker. Might not have Charbonnet. It's, uh, I know he's going to probably be passing a lot, but he's going to be under pressure a lot. So I think the 49ers are going to bring him back to earth here. So be careful if you start him this week. Don't expect uh, too much. Um, how about you, Chris? A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? Uh, I don't like Matt Stafford this week. He's been deceptively good the last couple weeks for fantasy Tossed seven touchdowns in the last two games after only eight in his first nine games. Um, he's managed the most attempts, but not really posted many yards. So I think he has an unsustainably touched high touchdown-dependent uh, totals recently. Tyron Williams is a ground touchdown machine before his injury, but he's only scored one ground touchdown in those last two weeks despite piling up a lot of yards and touches. So I think regression to the touchdown mean for both of these is, is in order. And then you got Stafford facing that number one Ravens pass defense that are coming off a bye. They just don't allow touchdowns or fantasy quarterback points at all. So like 200 yards per game and under one score. So Matt Stafford's got a long road ahead of him this week. And then my caution play is Justin Herbert. Um, he's still probably a starter in most leagues with, a, with his normal high ceiling for volume, but he's definitely not matchup proof. He's only topped 300 yards once in his last nine games. He's been below average in three career home games against Denver, never topping 253 yards and only throwing three touchdowns in those three games. So, And as pedestrian as Herbert has been recently, Denver's been that good on defense, allowing under 18 points per game since week four and only two games over 240 passing yards uh, all season. 
So with the struggles of the whole L.A. offense, I'd be very afraid of a mediocre total if you have to start Herbert this week. Yeah, I tell you, uh, it, it, the Chargers really, really uh, miss uh, both Mike Williams and uh, and Josh Palmer. Uh, and uh, Kellen Moore, I'm not, just not dumping it off to Eckler as 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 much as they need to. <laughs> I say that as a frustrated Eckler owner. Okay, uh, how about running backs? A couple of running backs you like this week and why? Well, for you frustrated Eckler owners, I like Austin Eckler this week. I mean, he's struggled while the <laughs> offense has sputtered, but he's and he's only averaging over three yards per carry since coming off the IR in week five. But he's played a tough run schedule and has faced some real negative game scripts because the rest of the team has struggled, which kept him viable in a PPR. He's had a lot of success getting dump-offs um, against Denver, in particular, over his career. But he's still a solid RB2 with a high floor in PPR. He's a must-start. 32nd rated Broncos run defense. This looks like a get-healthy game for Eckler to kind of fix what ails this this offense. So, And just like Herbert's mediocre stats versus Denver at home, like I said, Eckler has crushed Denver at home. He's averaged over 21 PPR points per game since he became a starter a few years back. He's never been in single digits, even when a part-timer. So love Eckler this week in the PPRs especially. And then Alvin Kamara, look out. He's got a huge game coming. He's already virtually all of the Saints offense, but with a dinged car or an erratic Winston under center and a spate of injuries at receiver, surely the Saints are going to ride Kamara early and often against a very, very bad Panthers run defense. Only twice this year has a lead back failed to hit 17 PPR points against Carolina. And one of those is in week two, when New Orleans played without Kamara, their fourth stringer, Tony Jones, still managed 15 and a half points against them. So Kamara's been number three running back in PPR points per game since coming out suspension. I think he might be number one this week. Okay, a couple of running backs I like. One of these, uh, I think we have a little bit of difference of opinion, so I'm interested to see what you have to say about Mr. Joe Mixon because I've got him as a click. <laughs> the Colts are struggling against the run. Uh, Derrick Henry just uh, scored a couple of times on him. Uh, Joe Mixon's uh, going to continue to see a uh, bulk of the work there. I know they got Chase Brown more involved there, but still Joe has been catching passes and uh, scoring when they get down the goal line. So if you've got Mixon, I'm starting him uh, with, uh, with, with confidence. Uh, another guy, uh, this week i think aaron jones is going to sit another week aj dillon now of course he's usually been running for somewhere around 50 60 70 yards maybe catching a couple of passes and all but they're playing the giants this week they're going to get around the goal line he's going to push it in so uh you know he's going to push his total up to 15 20 ppr points this week so if you got dylan uh don't worry about it start him if you need him a couple of guys i'm concerned about this week tony pollard uh last time they played the eagles uh he didn't do much and uh obviously didn't score uh, the Eagles run defense, I think it's going to limit him again. So you're going to start him, uh, just, you know, hope and pray maybe he scores. He has been scoring recently, so there's that. Uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, you know, we were t- I was just talking about him. All his point totals actually going down, 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 down. Oh, he rebounded last week from two to five points. Big deal. He's just not getting it done, so I'm not starting Kareem Hunt this this week, even though they're playing the Jaguars that are kind of struggling right now. Uh, Jerome Ford is getting all the key touches there, so – uh, how about you, Chris? A couple of running backs you're not crazy about. Well, a couple are on the same team. I don't like Kenneth Walker or Zach Charbonnet. I know neither one's healthy, but frankly, neither one of them has been exactly lighting it up either, except when playing bottom feeder run defenses. Uh, they've got low efficiency and a good chance for a game script mediated volume decrease this week. So this looks like a real bad week to rely on either one of these two, even if only one of them is active and getting all the touches. Um, when you look at playing a very good 49ers defense that's clicking and that just shut down the same team on Thanksgiving, I think you need to look elsewhere or lower your expectations because the floor and the ceiling are both very low this week. 
And then uh, let's go back and talk about Joe Mixon a little bit. He's still a definite starter. Um, I just don't think he's as highly rated this week as a lot of people are going to think. Look carefully at the stats if you want to use them. Yes, a lot of, many people think the Colts suck at stopping the run, but they really just suck in stopping the run without nose tackle Grover Stewart, who was suspended for PEDs six games ago. They allowed three and a half yards per carry and 113 yards per game with Stewart, and suddenly everything stopped, and they were allowing almost five yards a carry and 153 yards per game without him against some pretty bad run teams, so it could have been worse. Stewart is rested, eager, ready to step back in this week, so I don't expect another monster game from Mixon at all. Uh, he's also generally struggled over his career with short weeks of rest, so he's at, and he's also averaged under three yards per carry with Browning under center. Boxes are stacked a little bit against him. The big thing for me also is that the Colts have a very overmatched and green secondary. And they cannot simply cover these Bengals receivers, so I think Browning's going to have another big week, and Mixon's going to be decent, but not over the top as a fantasy performer this week. Ah, those are all good points. All right, something to consider there. Uh, <laughs> uh, how about wide receiver? A couple of guys you like this week and why? Uh, speaking of that Colts game, I love Michael Pittman. He's been an absolute PPR machine. Nobody's got more targets and catches in the last two weeks. He's been especially good for the last month, 14 targets and 10 catches per game. And for the season, he's very quietly number two in targets overall and number three in receptions in the whole NFL. Um, Pittman's floor is high. He's only had two PPR games under 14 all year, and he's the only wide receiver in the league to have 11 double-digit PPR games so far. The Bengals have a lot of ton of wide receiver action, and I think this game could be kind of high-scoring on Sunday, so Pittman should be plenty involved. He is basically kind of like primetime Keenan Allen without all the touchdowns, uh, so if he actually hits the end zone, he's going to be a high-end number one this week in PPR. And then a sneakier play is kind of Gabe Davis. He's one of the streakiest wide receivers in the NFL, he had a huge game last time out with 12 targets, 105 yards, and a score. This seems like a game in which he could stay hot because KC has allowed bigger games to secondary wide receivers than to number one guys in every game but two so far this year. Davis also has a very nice history against KC, especially in Arrowhead, where he's averaging 100 yards in three career games and has scored five touchdowns in those three games. As a comparison, in those same three games, Diggs has averaged five catches for 70 yards and a total of one touchdown. So I like Davis against Kansas City. Yeah, that reminds me of it was the big, what, three, was it the three-touchdown game in the playoffs four. against the Chiefs? Four, four, that's right, four, four, yeah. <laughs> that's it, basically was his coming out party there. So, yeah, I, I've got Gabe Davis in uh, main event, uh, FFPC, this week, and we're going to play him, this, start him this week. So, yeah, uh, I figured that uh, everything that you said and the fact that they're going to need all the receivers to get the job done to try and beat the Chiefs, so there you go. Uh, a couple of guys I like this week, Romeo Dubs uh, with Christian Watson out. Uh, Jalen Reed kind of beat up, but uh, Reed's going to play probably. Uh, I don't think the Giants are going to keep Dubs out of the, uh, the end zone. He needs to be especially in terms of scoring, uh, especially when the Packers need him, and, and, and Jordan Love's really playing well right now. And Drake London coming off that one-catch game against the Jets, well, he's going to rebound against the Bucs. Uh, their secondary is uh, toast uh, against uh, good teams or at least uh, adequate teams, not the Panthers. <laughs> but uh, I think Drake London's going to have a good game this week, so if you need him, uh, start him and don't uh, – don't worry about it. A uh, couple of guys I'm concerned about. Tyler Lockett's just not been Tyler Lockett. Uh, Jackson Smith and Najibba has been taking more uh, targets lately, and the 49ers, I think, are going to limit Lockett again like they did a couple of weeks ago. And George Pickens, the big play guy for Pittsburgh, loses quarterback in Pickett. Pickett wasn't great, but Mitch Trubinsky's not good. And the Patriots have a habit of taking away the big play guy, and that's Pickens, so um, I think they're going to limit him. Uh, you know, Remember, the Patriots limited uh, Keenan Allen to, like, what, five, four or five catches? for 50, 60 yards, it, 
it, it wasn't that great. Uh, so I would be surprised if uh, George Pickens even did that. How about you, Chris? A couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about, and why? You know, we mentioned Calvin Ridley earlier. His stock did take a big hit with the loss of Trevor Lawrence, and, and Beathard only targeted him once in his 10 attempts. Um, the loss of Kirk is also a big blow. He's still because Ridley is now going to face a lot of additional coverage from a Browns team that is already very good at limiting the fantasy wide receiver, particularly the opposing number one. Ridley's been one of the most wildly inconsistent receivers this year. Half of his 12 games in single digits for PPR, but also four 20-point games. Um, seven of his games have had under 30 yards receiving. If you had to bet on which one of these he's going to have this week, an over 20 or under 10 points per game, I think this seems like a good bet for a floor week. And then I, I, Garrett Wilson. I mean, it's just really hard to get excited about any Jets player, even one as talented as Wilson. And when you think about the quarterback situation today, it could not – you thought, oh, can't get any worse than Zach Wilson. They start Tim Boyles for a couple of games. He was so bad they cut him earlier today. They signed Brett Rippon, who was cut after only one atrocious start subbing for the Rams. And they're actually considering starting him this week. Um, Wilson's been 31st in PPR points per game at receiver, despite being number seven in targets from all those different quarterbacks. And with the Texans being better than average against the pass and only allowing seven wide receiver touchdowns all season, probably not a good reason to think that Wilson's suddenly going to get valued this week. Yeah, how about a uh, tight end, a couple of guys you like? Brevin Jordan is an off-the-radar play. Uh, as of now, Dalton Schultz has yet to practice, and a rapid return from a hammy injury for an older player is a little bit less likely. So in his absence, Jordan had a solid game last week, and he should be in line to handle all the tight end duties against the Jets team that has allowed the most tight end touchdowns in 2023. Even if Schultz is active, the loss of Tank Dell frees up a lot of targets against the team with very good corners and therefore more targets for the tight ends. And for whatever it's worth, six of the seven Jets tight end touchdowns have gone to backup tight ends, not to the main guy. So even if Schultz is in, I still like Jordan, the big target to be a good uh, red zone target. And I like Gerald Everett. You know, speaking of Jordan, that team that he had his big game against was the Broncos, who are always a great target for streaming tight ends. Much like the Jets, they have great cornerbacks, and the tight end gets additional play. And even though Everett's not a high-volume target in this offense, he is a red zone option. Three touchdowns in his last four full games played, and between 8 and 15 PPR points in four of his last five as well. He may not have a huge ceiling in PPR due to volume, but he's a very solid bet for a uh, – excuse me, I'm about to sneeze. <laughs> very solid bet for low-end tight end ones. <laughs> oh, pardon me. It's a very solid bet for tight end scoring and even better uh, in non-PPR systems, I think, because of his touchdown potential. Okay. A couple of tight ends I like this week. Isaiah Likely. Uh, the Rams really struggle against the tight end. Of course, uh, Lamar likes to hit the big guy. He's not Mark Andrews, but he is likely a fantasy producer this week. <laughs> All right. How about Cole Komet? <laughs> Cole Komet, uh, Chicago the Lions have allowed six tight end scores in 2023. I think Cole gets another one this week. Uh to go along with your Justin Fields pick. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, uh, Pat Fryermuth uh, has kind of seen the resurgence here, but here comes Mitchell Trubinsky. Patriots really limit the tight end. I wouldn't expect much from Big Pat today, uh, this week. And Tyler Higby, he's beat up. Uh, Ding, not even sure if he's going to play. He gets another tough matchup against the Ravens. Forget it. Look elsewhere for uh, production at the tight end position. How about uh, a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about, Chris, and why? Uh, Evan Ingram scored his first touchdown. He's been a PPR hog. He did collect four of the ten targets from C.J. Beathard on Monday night. I think this week's going to be tougher. The Browns have only allowed two tight end receptions per game through 13 weeks and a startlingly low 20 yards per game or so. I think it's unlikely Ingram won't easily meet those tiny numbers, but you can see that this kind of caps his ceiling in this matchup. I think it's going to be a big ETN game anyway, like you said earlier. The Browns are easier to run on. So I think you start him due to his high PPR floor. 
but he, probably, he definitely probably has one of the lower ceilings, and maybe, maybe therefore the narrowest range of outcomes amongst tight ends this week. And then another caution play is Dallas Goddard. He's expected to make his return. Big game against Dallas. I don't think you place him into that matchup-proof category, though. So uh, let's let's see how ready he is before we get too excited about him. Uh, second of all, Dallas is pretty good at limiting the tight end. They've allowed the fourth fewest receptions, under four per game. And Goddard himself has not fared well against uh, his namesake team, Dallas. He's averaged about six and a half PPR points per game over the last four seasons in this big rivalry game. I think it's six or seven games. So never top double digits or scoring a touchdown. So be really cautious and not to expect a lot from Dallas Goddard. Yeah, in fact, I was looking here. Was uh, was Dallas Dallas uh, healthy when uh, when they played uh, earlier this year? He, he that was the game he, he broke his arm in. Uh, he actually that's had a pretty right. good half. He had like three catches for fifty yards in the first half, and then uh, then sat out. So wow. that, that kept it. That probably would have been his first double digit game against Dallas uh, since his rookie year. But uh, no no such luck. How did you remember that? That's a photographic memory. <laughs> it's three for 50 on four targets. I should ask you how many targets he had. <laughs> All right, that's time for one-hit wonders. Give me, uh, let me have them at kicker and defense. Yeah, it's almost like I do some preparation for this. You know, I might have looked this up. Yep, so. yep, yep. <laughs> uh, I, I like Blake Groupie this week. He's top 10 in scoring, top five in field goals. He's still under 25% owned. He's facing a bad Panthers team, and the Saints have a potentially hiccuping offense in the red zone because of their quarterback issues. And then I like Jason Sanders, third week in a row. He's on a scoring roll, and he faces the most generous team to kickers, playing on Monday night with good weather. So I love Jason Sanders this week. Go pick him up. still available. And then our defense, I mean, I love the Texans going in to play the Jets. Confident Texans team on a roll, a potential bad weather game, which usually helps the defense against a street-free agent quarterback, potentially. This this could be a, a bloodbath. And I like the Patriots on Thursday night against Pittsburgh. The defense is still very solid. And if Belichick can tee off on an already substandard Pittsburgh offense led by Mitch Trubisky on a short week, I'll take my chances and bet on Belichick. Okay. Well, thanks. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, for Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we offer our Week 15 preview. Yep, we're getting close to Christmas season, and Santa's about to make an appearance. <laughs> and we got three ho, more ho, shows ho. to do this, this season. Ho, ho, ho. That's right. Good night, and good luck to everyone playing this week. Football! Football? You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir!